Welcome back to Spoiler Free Wrestling, the podcast edition. And we're recording this on October 1st. It is the eve of the Wednesday Night Wars as tomorrow NXT and AEW Dynamite will go head-to-head for the first time ever. But there is also some news going on in the world of pro wrestling, which I would like to address in this update. And then later on in the show, we are going to run down everything which took place last night on the quote-unquote season premiere of WWE Raw. It was a very eventful show, but the first news item that I want to get to does not have to do with WWE or All Elite Wrestling or NXT. It has to do with the National Wrestling Alliance, the NWA, which filmed their first set of studio tapings last night in Atlanta. And we won't tell you what took place on those shows, but we will tell you how you can watch it. You can watch NWA Power. That's the name of their new weekly studio show. NWA Power will air live. Or sorry, not live. (laughs) It will begin airing on October 8th. That's uh, next Tuesday at 6.05 p.m. And it will air on both the NWA's official YouTube channel and Facebook. That was speculated for some time that uh, the NWA would would host their own studio show on their social media channels if they weren't able to find a broadcast partner. And so they were filming episodes last night in Atlanta and they will be filming episodes again tonight in Atlanta and so yesterday Billy Corgan announced that NWA Power will air on Facebook and YouTube yesterday at the Hard Rock Cafe in Atlanta a lot of fans who have found Billy Corgan's NWA enjoy its old school approach to pro wrestling so this news that nwa will be putting out a weekly one hour show well it's going to be that's going to be good news to many fans who have been hoping to see more more content more shows from this promotion as we get closer to tomorrow's head-to-head evening of action between NXT and WWE. AEW stars, NXT stars have been in the media promoting their respective shows, and Cody Rhodes took part in an interview for the Bleacher Report. And he talked about his leaving WWE in 2016, and according to Cody... Triple H took his exit personally due to the relationship that Triple H had had with Cody's father, Dusty Rhodes. So here's what Triple H, or excuse me, here's what Cody said during that interview with the Bleacher Report. Hunter took it very personally because he had done so much for my dad at NXT. There was one conversation where he said, I'm shocked that you feel this way after everything I've done for your family. But I told him, I'm not my dad. I can't stay here out of loyalty to you for giving my dad a job in 2005. 
I get it. And the little boy in me really appreciates what you did for my dad. But I'm not him. He's not here anymore. I've got to be me. Also, during that same conversation with the Bleacher Report, Cody talked about the importance his father had to the wrestling industry in the early 80s. Here's what Cody said. I don't think people realize the importance of what dad did in the early 1980s. Boxing comes along later, but before all that, Vince and Dusty put pay-per-view on a map. And it's cool. Every year at the Hall of Fame, when my dad was still alive, he would kind of count the number of people who thanked him. Jokingly, he'd nudge you. Like, eight people every year would say, Man, thanks, Dusty, for giving me my start. Without you, none of this would have happened. Finally, Dustin Rhodes, Cody's older brother, also spoke about what he feels his dad would think of everything that Cody is doing now. Here's what Dustin said. Dad would be really proud of everything his boys are doing, especially Cody. He not only left the other company to go out and do his own thing, but he's actually attacked it and is in a position right now to do some amazing things. And I know Dad would be really proud. I wish he was here to enjoy it with us because it's a fun time. We miss him terribly. We don't like to harp on it a lot, but we do. But we work and we keep going and we keep doing what he taught us to do. That's do the work, as Cody says, and keep stepping, like I say. That comes from Pops. That's what we do. That's what our family was raised to do and what we've been doing for so, so long. I think our name, our legacy, is in a good place right now, and we are continuing his legacy, and we will keep the name relevant and alive for years to come. And next up, in terms of news items, both WWE and The Rock confirmed that he will be on SmackDown this Friday from the Staples Center in Los Angeles. In terms of what The Rock will be doing, I mean, he'll probably just come out and be The Rock. That's really all he needs to do is be The Rock and be on Fox, and everybody from Fox is going to be very happy. And of course, the big main event from uh, the Staples Center in Los Angeles on the first SmackDown on Fox will be Brock Lesnar challenging for the WWE Championship against Kofi Kingston. Will SmackDown on Fox, will the SmackDown on Fox era begin with Brock Lesnar ending Kofi Kingston's WWE Championship reign? And what role... Will The Rock play on the show? The last time The Rock was on a WWE show inside Los Angeles' Staples Center, he called CM Punk. So we'll see what he does this Friday night. Next up in terms of news items is a very much unconfirmed story, but one that Canadian listeners will hopefully appreciate. So it is believed that AEW and TSN are going to have a deal worked out in time for AEW Dynamite to air live Wednesday night on TSN. However, you might notice that today is Tuesday and nothing official has been announced from AEW or TSN. 
Now, there have been anonymous source-based websites which have say, are saying that their sources have confirmed that this is a done deal. However, you know, we're now closing in on 24 hours until the first show is supposed to air and no official announcement. So whatever deal they worked out, this was very much a, a last-minute thing, or it certainly went down to the wire to get this thing uh, done in time for the first episode. But AEW Dynamite will air on the same network, which aired both Raw and Nitro during the Monday Night Wars, and that's TSN. And the last little news item I wanted to get into before we talk about last night's Raw is Triple H was recently interviewed by Matt Galka for Fox 10 and was asked about comments that ESPN's Keith Olbermann made uh, during a broadcast of Baseball Night in America. So during a recent broadcast of Baseball Night in America, Braun Strowman was on and Fox flashed a graphic on the screen that said, Braun Strowman, WWE superstar, five total titles since debut in 2014. Um, I'm going to have to assume that 2014 was in NXT. But anyway, uh, Oberman uh, just writes, you guys are kidding, right? Like, oh, wrestling's so beneath me. I'm a sports center anchor that annoys everyone. Uh, so Triple H... He was asked about this uh, by Fox 10's correspondent, and here's what Triple H said. He said, here's what I equate that to. If you're an old dude, sometimes a movie comes up like Iron Man, and you go, are you serious? Cartoons? Comic books? Are you serious? That's where people were 20 years ago, and now it's the biggest thing in movies. And so then he would say, uh, Olbermann's sort of a dinosaur. He goes, dinosaurs die out. The world changes, and if you don't change with it, then you become extinct, just like the dinosaurs. So, Keith, don't be a dinosaur, or you'll be extinct too. And kind of funny, after he made these comments, Luchasaurus put out a tweet and said, I'd be willing to overlook the antiquated use of the dinosaur word if he actually employed some real ones, and then hashtag, hire more real dinosaurs. And uh, Luchasaurus has previously praised the Jurassic Park films for doing just that, for hiring real dinosaurs, and he's also condemned Barney the Dinosaur for being an actor inside a dinosaur suit. So, Triple H calls Keith Olbermann a dinosaur, and Luchasaurus takes offense is the gist of that news story. So last night, WWE presented the season premiere of Monday Night Raw, of WWE Raw, from the Talking Stick Resort Arena in Phoenix, Arizona. And it was a very eventful show. They brought back a few legends. It was also the go-home show before Sunday's Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Though with this being a special episode of Raw, with there being 
a special episode of SmackDown on Friday. It doesn't really feel like the week of a pay-per-view. It feels like the Raw and SmackDown we get this week are just as big, if not bigger, than Hell in a Cell on Sunday. Although if you're a big fan of Bray Wyatt and The Fiend, you're really looking forward to Sunday. Because Sunday, Bray Wyatt could be the new Universal Champion. But that's Sunday, and last night was Raw, and it kicked off with Rey Mysterio coming to the ring all dressed in street clothes. So it wasn't... As he's coming out in street clothes, it sort of became clear that we weren't getting the Universal Championship match between him and Seth Rollins, at least not then. And he came out, and he cut a promo, and he mentioned thanking his son for... You know, he would have retired if it hadn't have been for his son, Dominic. But then Brock Lesnar comes out. And of course, Brock Lesnar, is he even going to be on Raw after the next draft? I mean, he is going to challenge for the WWE Championship on the debut episode of SmackDown on Fox. That leads me to believe, and this is just speculation, that leads me to believe that Brock Lesnar is going to be a part of SmackDown moving forward. But he was a big part of this Raw. I'm just wondering how many more Raws in the near future Lesnar is going to be a part of. So Lesnar attacks Rey Mysterio. But then he goes to the outside and the real dastardly part of the attack was he grabbed Dominic from the ring area, like he was just sitting at, at ringside. He was, or sorry, he was sitting in, in the stands. He wasn't at, at the ring area. And I guess that, I mean, that's a big, uh, you know, point to make is if Dominic's at ringside, there's sort of an assumption that, hey, anybody in that spot could potentially get attacked. But Dominic is sitting in with the fans and Brock grabbed him from the fans and pulled him into the ring area and then into the ring. Suplexed them both a bunch of times. And Dominic had to be taken out of the arena in an ambulance. Rey Mysterio going off in the ambulance with him. And it would be a somber mood in the arena after. And the commentators too reacted like something truly horrific had occurred when speaking about the incident. And so later we'd find out from Seth Rollins he still plans to defend his Universal Championship later in the evening, but clearly the match between Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio for the Universal title is one we are not going to get. Next up, we had Sasha Banks going one-on-one -on -one with Alexa Bliss. And, of course, a lot of this is building towards the Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch Hell in a Cell match at Hell in a Cell. And it sort of speaks to how much Hell in a Cell has kind of been treated like an afterthought a little bit. Um, like an afterthought when compared to this episode of Raw 
and the premiere of SmackDown on Fox. Like, it feels like everything's been building towards this episode of Raw and the next episode of SmackDown and not so much to Hell in a Cell. We've only got three matches officially announced for Hell in a Cell, and it's five days away. One of those matches is Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks' Hell in a Cell match. With the idea being, you know, the last time they wrestled, Sasha ran away. Lynch, you know, had to beat her up in the fan or in the crowd and poured mustard on her and stuff. And this, the cell structure, keeping them contained. Of course, the I mean, the fact that the Hell in a Cell structure rarely keeps the people contained within the match. Uh, in theory, a steel structure should keep them contained within a match. Uh, but yeah, so in this one, Sasha Banks picked up the win. She motioned on the outside like she was calling for Bailey to come do something. This uh, distracted Alexa Bliss and allowed Sasha to pick up the win. And we, and I mean, this is Sasha Banks now. She's never been a... Like, she's always been a very popular person on the main roster. She's never gotten a chance to be like Eddie Guerrero, to cheat and revel in the booze from the fans. Although I guess later in his career, Eddie would cheat and the fans would still cheer him. But we haven't seen Sasha really cheat that much on the main. We, we saw it in NXT when the fans were booing her all the time. But now, do we really get to see the... Eddie Guerrero influenced Sasha Banks. And we saw it a little bit in this match because all she did was motion to the outside, uh, like wanting Bailey to do something. And then she took advantage of the distraction and got the win. Just one with the, with the roll up. And I, I remember Eddie Guerrero winning a match against Kurt Angle at WrestleMania by just loosening his boot and then slipping out of it when Kurt Angle went for the ankle lock. And that, I mean, I, I don't know if that was like right at the end, but it, it, uh, that led to the finish. And I just thought these beautiful little moments of cleverness that Eddie Guerrero had, Sasha Banks demonstrated that in this match here. And will she do the same Sunday when she wrestles Becky Lynch inside a Hell in a Cell. Next up, we had a Raw Tag Team Championship match. Heavy Machinery going up against Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Now, this team of Ziggler and Roode, it was just thrown together. It was thrown together. I don't even know if they've been together a month. This was a team that, that earlier in this summer didn't exist. They were put together in a gauntlet match, won like four matches in a gauntlet match, which is a lot, uh, and then went on to beat Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman at Clash of the Champions. Robert Roode pinned Seth Rollins with a glorious DDT on the last pay-per-view. And now they had their next title defense was here against Heavy Machinery. Very popular team. Technically on SmackDown, I'm pretty sure. Heavy Machinery. But we're sort of... This week sort of in, exists in a non-brand split era. It seems like with the wild card, they're 
this is a brand split era that never really took. You know, like we had after WrestleMania, there was some type of draft or superstar shakeup. But then not long after that, there was the wild card rule, pal. And that was introduced. And then it was just, I mean, you'd see, like, it it seemed like there was very little adherence to any type of brand split. You'd have wrestlers from one show challenging for the titles of the wrestlers on another show. And I'm pretty sure that's what happened here. I mean, like, I don't even know if Heavy Machinery, I think they're on SmackDown. Like, in our rankings, I think they're on SmackDown. But I don't even know. So they challenged for the titles here. It looked like Heavy Machinery was going for their signature move, which is sort of the power slam, and then Tucker kind of jumps on him. And you thought to yourself, my God, there's going to be a title change here on the season premiere of Raw. Because there was three championship matches and no title changes. You thought, hey, I mean, there's a chance titles could have changed hands here. But it was right at that moment where Ziggler and Rude turned things around and eventually it would be Rude getting the win with a glorious DDT and Robert Rude and Dolph Ziggler still your Raw Tag Team Champions. They don't have a scheduled match for Hell in a Cell. And one has to wonder if maybe a match between Rude and Ziggler and another team from Raw or SmackDown's Tag Team Division could take place Sunday at the pay-per-view, nothing has been announced so far. Next up, we had Miz TV. And there was two guests on here, and they were Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan. And they did, they, they did something. You kind of thought that maybe this would just be legends come back, and they don't really do anything. Like, that was sort of... That was sort of the Raw reunion show. I mean, Steve Austin came back, but it didn't lead to anything that impacted the show. It was just a cool show with Steve Austin on it. Not complaining. It seemed like a, an episode of Miz TV with Ric Flair and also with Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Hart. You don't really need to do anything. You can just have Ric Flair be Ric Flair. And he was, in fact, Ric Flair. Which was great, and has been for how many decades now? But this actually, this segment led to a match which will take place at the next show in Saudi Arabia on October 31st. And I'll stop everybody about the, I mean, it's on Halloween, it's in Saudi Arabia, Last time they were in Saudi Arabia, it did appear that WWE was hoping to get a women's match approved to be on the show. Maybe they'll try it again this time. Maybe something will be different. Or maybe, you know, because it's Halloween, you know, women wrestlers will dress up as male wrestlers and... Uh, and be allowed to perform on the show. I don't know. But anyway, on Halloween is the next time they go back to Saudi Arabia. And there's going to be a match with a team put together by Hulk Hogan and a team put together by Ric Flair. 
which is, in fact, a match that happened in TNA. Uh, I don't know when, back in the era when Hogan was in TNA. <laughs> that's been gone. That's gone from my memory. Hope it, hopefully it is from yours as well. So they did this whole thing where Flair, Flair said, I've had to listen to that music for so long now. Not tonight. Equal footing, pal. Uh, I don't think he said pal. <laughs> uh, but they got into a, a bit of a thing. You know, you've got Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan. There are people who will say Ric Flair is the greatest of all time. There'll be people who say Hulk Hogan is the greatest of all time. And of course, it all depends on what criteria you're giving to the title of greatest of all time. Uh, but de depending on the criteria you have, Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan, they're both in the conversation. So Hogan announces his captain because I guess they'd had this all planned. They, they knew they would end up uh, uh, captaining teams. So Hogan's captain comes out and it's Seth Rollins. And then Flair's captain comes out, and it's Randy Orton. And so we're going to get a match at, um, you know, this Crown Jewel show on October 31st. More legends will be out in effect at Saudi Arabia. They don't have to actually wrestle, but they'll be in the corners. Then King Corbin came out, and so it looks like King Corbin will be on Ric Flair's team as well. So Ric Flair's team will be the more unpopular wrestlers on the roster. So it, it looked like we were going to, for a little bit, we were going to get Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins, and that was going to be who challenged Seth Rollins on the show. Uh, but then King Corbin just interfered, and it was just a two-on-one attack until Rusev came to the rescue. And so it looked like Rusev was going to join Team Hogan. And in fact, it still seems like Rusev's going to be on Team Hogan. But then later in the back, Rusev said in an interview that that he feels Seth Rollins owes him for rescuing him, so he wants to receive the Universal Championship match that Rey Mysterio can no longer compete in due to Brock Lesnar's attack. So that is scheduled later for the night. We're going to get Seth Rollins versus Rusev for, this, for the Universal Championship. Then next up, we have the Viking Raiders defeat the OC. And this has been sort of a one-sided rivalry where the Viking Raiders... Uh, have managed to get the upper hand on Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows the last few times out. So you have to wonder when the Viking Raiders are going to be in line for a Raw Tag Team title shot. They've basically beaten everybody, including uh, Anderson and Gallows, who were the last team, like last team team, to hold the title before the current champions. Uh, Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman had beaten them for the titles, but they're no longer a team. So the Viking Raiders have beaten everybody really in the division. How long until they receive a shot for the Raw tag team titles or the SmackDown tag team titles, depending on where they go in the draft? It could be as soon as Hell in a Cell, 
seems like there hasn't been much build towards them getting a, a title shot. I mean, it would be a title shot sort of out of nowhere. Um, but they could, it could happen or it could, I mean, it's hard to say what's going to happen with any title shots because we've got the draft coming up now the next two weeks or the next two, sh or there's the, I mean, we've got the SmackDown premiere on Fox and then we've got Hell in a the Cell. Then we've got the night after Hell in a Cell. And then I think it's the next SmackDown, they start the draft. So hard to say when the Viking Raiders are going to receive a title shot because we don't even know what titles they're going to be contending for. Uh, and then a quick match, Ricochet defeated Cesaro, and this was stemming from a backstage interview Cesaro did where he said he liked what Brock Lesnar did to Rey Mysterio's son. Uh, Ricochet then uh, came out, challenged Cesaro later in the night, uh, and then Ricochet would pick up the victory there. We had the United States Championship match, AJ Styles. Once again, defeating Cedric Alexander, just like he did on the Clash of Champions pre-show. And so we don't really have any idea of potential U.S. title matches at the pay-per-view, uh, since we'd had this one advertised for the last week. Lacey Evans then picked up a victory over Natalia. And these two have been trading wins and losses a little bit in recent weeks. Is that correct? Let me just double check that that's actually the case. Yeah, so these two have been wrestling pretty much nonstop, uh, dating back to the start of September. And that goes on live events, so house shows as well as Raw. So Lacey had actually beaten Natalia on the September 2nd episode of Raw. Uh, then on the September 9th episode of Raw, Natalia had defeated uh, Lacey. And then Lacey here sort of wins the September rubber match. So this was the third singles match on Raw the two had had in September. And now Lacey Evans sort of wins that series two to one. Uh, if you go back, they had had a match on Raw in July. That was won by Lacey as well. Uh, so a lot of history developing between Natalia and Lacey Evans, but Lacey now is going to be the one that moves forward in the Raw Women's Division while Natalia moves down a bit. Uh, but of course, they either one of them, neither or both could be off to SmackDown, uh, depending on what happens in the draft. Then finally, we get to the main event. And we were supposed to have a Universal Championship match. Seth Rollins defending against Rusev. Multiple things happened which overshadowed the no contest which was ruled in this match. The first was Bobby Lashley returning. And then as Bobby Lashley comes out, we're just sort of looking at Rusev. And then there's a long wait. And then out comes Lana. Rusev's wife and Lana and Bobby Lashley make out and, you know, whatever. And then The Fiend comes out and attacks Seth Rollins. And and so we've got The Fiend versus Seth Rollins building more towards their Hell in a Cell match on Sunday. And will Bray Wyatt become the Universal Championship uh, Champion? But, like, quick 
So now it looks like we have a, a direction for where Rusev is going. Why Lana hasn't been accompanying him since his return. And now Bobby Lashley has returned a bit ahead of schedule. And uh, is going to be involved in this angle with Rusev and Lana. And boy, it seems we're getting like a lot of cheating wives or personal life-based angles and, and things like that. And that is sort of a staple for brands that Paul Heyman is associated with. Of course, the stuff with Beulah McGillicuddy between Raven and Sandman or Raven and Sandman's wife and child. And back in the SmackDown era, it was Don Marie and Tori Wilson's father. And then all this stuff with Mike and Maria Canellis. And now we get Bobby Lashley and Rusev's wife, Lana. Great. So we'll see where that goes, I guess. But let's forget about that and move on to the Fiend versus Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship will take place this Sunday inside Hell in a Cell at Hell in a Cell. And the real question becomes, will Bray Wyatt defeat Seth Rollins and become the new Universal Champion? Based on the Bray Wyatt we saw at SummerSlam, running through Finn Balor, there's no reason why Bray Wyatt couldn't run through Seth Rollins the same way he ran over Finn Balor at SummerSlam. And that was the first appearance we got of The Fiend. And so The Fiend character, as I understand it, is Bray Wyatt's darkness, his brooding evil side, it's that side of his personality condensed into one being that is controlled by Wyatt. That's what the Fiend is. And so far, the Fiend has looked unstoppable. I mean, it's only wrestled one match, but he won that match convincingly. And so we had said this on an earlier podcast, but I'll say it again. I love the reason that they gave in terms of why Bray Wyatt is receiving this championship match. And they unveiled that he was going to receive this championship match on an episode of the Firefly Funhouse. And so Wyatt laid down the challenge. And then the Vince McMahon puppet with the evil horns. Of course, Vince McMahon. No matches get made in WWE without Vince McMahon approving them, or even usually suggesting them, most likely. But the Vince McMahon puppet said, well, you can't just challenge Seth Rollins or Braun Strowman, pal. You know, we got blah, blah, blah. Because remember, he challenged the winner of Rollins versus Strowman at Clash of Champions. And then Wyatt said, well, you see, I've been making this and pulled out a wad of cash and started feeding it to the Vince McMahon puppet. And I thought this explained perfectly why so often 
Challengers receive title shots in combat sports, be it pro wrestling, boxing, MMA, whatever. Very often, it is the most marketable star that receives a title shot, and the promoters just try to justify it in any way that they can. The best example I can give of this is recently when when the UFC, and this fight never happened, but when the UFC said that Brock Lesnar was going to return to the octagon after having been away for years and his last fight having been overturned due to a failed drug test, that Brock Lesnar was going to challenge Daniel Cormier for the UFC heavyweight champion. And this was obviously before Stipe regained his title. And I thought to myself, in a sports-centric company like AEW has said they'll be, that would never happen. That would What the UFC wanted to do would never happen in the kind of promotion AEW is saying they will be. And obviously, you know, number one contenders, athletes who have proven themselves, they get title shots in UFC too. I'm not saying number one contenders are being denied championship matches, but sometimes they have to wait while the most marketable star is given one. And that's what's happening here on Raw. But at least in the case of Raw, they're admitting it. They admitted that Bray Wyatt is getting a WWE championship match because he's making money. And so he's getting preferential treatment. And, and likely he's getting preferential treatment in terms of not having to wrestle all the time. Just like Brock Lesnar gets that same treatment. In WWE and UFC. So I like that. And I think fans have reason to believe that The Fiend is a far more dangerous wrestler than Bray Wyatt was. And Bray Wyatt's a former WWE champion. But by the sounds of it, if The Fiend is a focused and concentrated dark side of Bray Wyatt, that should be more dangerous than a less focused and more scattered Bray Wyatt. And he's also got the mandible claw. So a new finishing move and a new sort of focused approach uh, is evidence that fans have that this Bray Wyatt, the fiend Bray Wyatt, is far better in the ring, far better at winning wrestling matches than the old Bray Wyatt was. But will that be good enough to beat Seth Rollins, a Seth Rollins who has, this year has beaten Brock Lesnar twice. He beat him at WrestleMania. He beat him at SummerSlam. He beat Braun Strowman at Clash of Champions. Can The Fiend do, do what Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman could not and defeat Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship? We'll find out Sunday at Hell in a Cell, and that's going to do us, or do it, 
for this episode. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast, our YouTube channel, uh, our website, our Facebook channel, and all our social media stuff. I'm the Eye Guy from Spoiler Free Wrestling. <laughs>